Hey friends, this is the Finding Mikey podcast, our family's quest to prepare our son Mikey for life. I'm Mike, and from time to time I'll be joined by my wife Heather or other family members and others for interviews and conversations. Now while I may mention our son, you have a Mikey of your own, and together we're on a journey to learn as much as we can so that we can understand how to best communicate and guide our kiddos into independent adulthood. Thanks for tuning in. Hey guys, how's it going? We are happy to have you here. I'm actually really surprised to have my special guest today, not only because she was she was supposed to be in Dallas right now. So honey, do you want to tell the story? <laughs> yeah, well, I gave you guys a little bit of a summary, but basically, you know, like I was supposed to be an autism conference right now put on by Generation Rescue. And if you guys get a chance to attend that conference, it's great. They always have a panel of Q&A and that part in particular is really great because everyone's just, you know, sharing their story on their journey and, you know, the challenges that they've faced and that the healing that has taken place with their kids and what they attributed that healing to. And I was just really looking forward to being able to do that. So I'm still a little bit bummed that it didn't work out, but I kind of feel like when you're traveling away from your kids and you start feeling like resistance and that things aren't working out that well, that sometimes you should just go with it and stay home. And that's kind of how I was feeling when the flight was going to be delayed for four hours. There was no other way, no other way I could get to Dallas until two o'clock. And by that point, a lot of the speakers that I wanted to see were going to be over. And even though there was still like a lot of good things, you know, going on that day, there's just a lot of traveling for me to go for just, you know, like the rest of Saturday and then half day Sunday. And Sunday's a great day because they do a lot of Q&A breakouts where it's basically the doctors or therapists or speakers that did a presentation on Friday or Saturday, and they're just having an open forum for you to come in and, you know, write questions down on a piece of paper and they just, they're just available to you. And so, you know, that's always something that, you know, I, I really enjoyed on, on Sunday. So I definitely would have benefited from that. But just after analyzing it all, I just felt like it wasn't the right place for me to be. So I told Mike to, you know, just come get me. Yeah, it was kind of funny the way, well, not funny. Well, two things. One, I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that you didn't get, you know, stuck anywhere else. So Mm -hmm. that was already, already good. So the way she described it to me was, you know, that the pilot was like, you know, guys, we're, we're going to have to wait just a few more minutes because the little light that indicates whether or not we're upside down or, or flying level isn't lighting up. So mm-hmm. <laughs> seems pretty important, but uh, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here. So anyway, we wanted to tackle a pretty cool subject here as well. And we really only became aware of this topic after getting involved in OT, I would say. Right. Mm-hmm. So occupational therapy, when I first saw Mikey had already been involved for a few sessions and I hadn't been in there yet. And when I was able to kind of come in and experience what OT was for him, I got to see him like he was on his belly on a little scooter, like scooting around and trying to pick up things. And he was swinging in a big swing. Yeah, I said swinging instead of swinging <laughs> in a big swing to like grab these toys and put them in other places. And it seemed like he was doing a lot of agility training, which was kind of neat. But I didn't understand and probably still don't fully understand because I haven't studied you know, the senses that we have and all the reasons that these things are beneficial. But we learned that he was taking part in a lot of therapy in a therapy gym, a sensory gym. Yeah. Sensory gym. Right. So, you know, we were introduced to things like little, you know, like brushes that that we would rub on Mikey's skin and they would sort of do certain things. We, We learned about compression therapy and, you know, like squeezing or pulling certain joints. And he loves that or being like pushed down on his shoulders. He really, he really enjoyed that. And I didn't, I didn't fully understand what all that was, 
but I'm really glad to see that like certain things, like there's a reason he likes swinging. And when he's a little bit of out of, ba- out of balance, he likes compression. Yeah. He likes compression. Mm-hmm. I remember making Mikey sandwiches out of him. We'd take one, <laughs> one couch cushion, put it on the ground and then Mikey would get on it. And then we put another couch cushion. And then I would lay on it and I'm thinking I'm going to hurt him. And he's like, no, do more, do more, do more. Okay. Stop, <laughs> stop, stop. And then he'd be like, okay, again, do more, do more. And he would just love to be squished. It makes sense. I mean, this kid here, you can't squeeze him hard enough, you know, with with a hug, mm-hmm. and you know he just absolutely loves it. And so he's a hugger. He loves he to hug everybody. <laughs> so, so there's all sorts of things that he likes, and he can't explain why he likes them. But squeezing, swinging, a little bit of rocking, I think. Not you know, so much spinning. He's not yeah, a big, not a big spinner. No, Although he, he loves spinning. In, he likes to be in motion, but he doesn't really. He doesn't really spin. You know. Craves spinning. Right. You just yeah. you don't just see him daredeviling mm-hmm. it around the not daredevil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it? Tasmanian deviling it. Right. <laughs> around the house or the yard. So but what's weird is he loves roller coasters. He likes the spinny ones as well. I mean, Grace, I and I hate them. You like them. I'm ugh, No, I don't, I don't like teacups, like things like that. They make me just get like vertigo. Yeah, that's yeah. that's no no good. But still, so the topic today is really about sensory tools and ultimately a sensory gym as well. And this really, so I wouldn't be able to record anything if it weren't for you. So thank you pilot mm-hmm. so-and-so from Southwest. Well, I wanted to just say that like for when, being, we, when he was, do- when he here. was doing the occupational therapy, that's when we, you know, learned that there's more than just your five senses. There's these other senses called proprioceptive and vestibular. And we were like, what? And so what we did, you know, what they did was they, they taught us, you know, what those senses are and how we can do certain things to, you know, help regulate Mikey because those two senses were out of balance for him as well as his, you know, his auditory functioning because he could just, you know, hear everything. And when Mikey started doing occupational therapy, he was three and a half years old, almost four. And he wasn't diagnosed with autism at this point. He had what the neurologist said was like early onset ADHD and sensory processing disorder. And he also had low muscle tone in his core and in his, in his wrists. And so that's one of the reasons why they had him do like the scooter board where he laid on his stomach. Because one of the reasons why when he was supposed to sit crisscross applesauce at preschool, he would lean forward, he would lean to the side, he would want to lay down. He was actually getting tired just for working his muscles to sit up straight. And so in occupational therapy, they had him do agility courses to work on his core muscles, but in a fun way, in a way that, you know, a kid wants to work on their core muscles, which is through play. So he would climb rock walls. He would sit on a swing and he was supposed to balance himself while on the swing, hanging onto these ropes. And it, it required a lot of balance and a lot of core strength to, you know, not fall off of the swing. It kind of looked like a like you're riding a bull, basically. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I was just, I would sit in on some of the therapy sessions. I would take Joy with me and Joy was at, in that, you know, I don't think she was like walking, an early walker. So sometimes it was hard for me to sit in on every session because, you know, she wanted to, you know, play in the sensory room because it's very engaging for, you know, a 15 month old. And so depending on what they were working on, I would, you know, sit in the lobby and play games with Joy in the lobby. But it was just really interesting for me to see, you know, what kind of things they were doing with him, you know, to engage him. And they would also have little goals with him, you know, for his fine motor skills. They would play different games and play with tweezers and do different things to work on those fine motor skills. And they would, you know, to have him color, you know, or write his, you know, write, you know, shapes on a dry erase board. Anything to get him to hold a pencil for an extended 
period of time, which for him wasn't a long time. But it was just a, a goal just to keep working up to it. And then staying at attention and staying on task, things that would help the ADHD aspect of of Mikey. <laughs> so. All right. Well, like I said, if you had been in Dallas, we wouldn't have the content that you have here. But I wanted to kind of turn it over to you to talk okay. about, you know, building a sensory gym. Sensory, sensory, sensory gym. gym. Just kidding. <laughs> a sensory gym. And yeah, that's it. I'm just going to leave it, okay. leave it over there with you. Okay. So Mike's always making comments about how I, you know, I make all these like pages of notes. And the reason I do it is because sometimes when we're about to do a podcast and we're like picking a topic, let's, let's talk about building our own sensory gym. I'm like, okay, well there's this and then that. And I'm like, okay, that was a five second podcast, (laughs) you know, but there's really, there really is more to it than that. And I feel like if I don't make my bullet points and, you know, you know, my little comments, like, why did I, you know, put that on there? Then I feel like we're not going to have anything to talk about. So basically what I did was I just wrote down, you know, like basically, you know, building a sensory gym is like building a playroom that has purpose. It's not just like your bedroom toys or, you know, whatever toys, you know, they got for Christmas puzzles and, you know, coloring books and, you know, things like that. You're going to have things in the sensory gym that are going to fit a therapeutic purpose for your child. And when you're building a a sensory gym, you might think like, oh my gosh, like I don't have room for that in my house. Like, you know, we have pretty tight quarters. So I wanted to start out by throwing, throwing it out there, just some, some areas and spaces in your homes you know, that you can do sensory gyms. I've either seen it before or I've done it myself on the different places that we've lived. And the first one I wanted to talk about is your garage. There's these foam, you know, like puzzle pieces that you can get either from like Toys R Us and make it really elementary looking, or you can go to Lowe's and just get some like foam puzzle pieces that you can put down on your garage floor just to add some padding and some comfort and some warmth. And that way, you know, when you put your, you know, your equipment on it, your toy equipment, <laughs> you know, you're not, you know, on a, you know, concrete slab. And then another area is, you know, when we lived in Texas, they say everything's bigger in Texas, right? <laughs> and so we had, you know, homes that were pretty big square footage. And the first home that we lived in was a one story. And I'm not really that big on formal dining rooms. I'm more of like, I want to sit at the kitchen table and be able to see the kitchen and see the TV and, enjoy our meal. So basically I turned our formal dining room into a sensory room. And so that was one of the ways we used our space in that house. And then in the house that we're in right now, we don't have like that kind of a room is not very big. And so what I did is I had two of my, my two girls share a room and I made one of the upstairs bedrooms, a sensory room. So basically like all the big toys, you know, or sensory equipment, you know, it's just in one room and it's like the playroom. But when they go over there, the kids that, you know, like if we have guests over or something, they're like, oh, this stuff is really cool. And it's just like, yeah, thank you. And then like a lot of thought went into like all the stuff that this is, that's in this room, you know, to help, you know, to help Mikey self-regulate himself, get his energy out, you know, and get his needs met without him, him and I having a, you know, a constant battle. And what I mean by a constant battle is that Mikey was like, this is, this is Mikey at three and a half and even like two and a half and and two, like as soon as he learned how to walk and his gross motor skills went from, I learned how to walk and now I'm jumping out of my crib. I am, you know, he would climb out of his crib when it was like totally dark in his room. And then he would come and open the, you know, bedroom door. I'm not going to bed. I'm still awake. And I'm like, how did he climb out of his crib? It's like totally dark in his room. And that was just Mikey. He's just very coordinated. His gross motor skills are like 
all the way over here. You know, there's like baby gates that are called extra tall and they're like 36 inches high. No, those were like to Mikey were like hurdle or, you know, hurdles in high school. Like, no, he can just like go right over it and like nothing flat. Like I seriously was like, how am I ever going to get anything done or keep him out of the kitchen while I'm trying to cook dinner if a baby gate doesn't work? So I just had to kind of roll with that one. But any chance he got, he would take those. We had the, one of those like rocking chair recliners that are like all big and plush and comfy. His favorite thing to do from about two years old on was to rock that thing so hard that it would crash. And I, I'm, I'm very sensitive to like, like to get startled, like when I hear like a loud noise. And so he would like startle me all the time and it would frustrate me that, you know, like he is not listening. He keeps rocking this rocking chair over, you know, and like making it crash. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you need to stop, blah, 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 blah. And no, it was just a battle. Disciplining him on not rock, you know, making the rocking chair fall over, you know, was just, a, you know, a, an effort that I was losing, <laughs> You know, he would jump on the sofa, which you say, oh, like, you know, a lot of kids do that. But I was just always nervous about him getting hurt because he would just take it to the extreme. So I was like, okay, so I need to incorporate things in his sensory room that is going to allow him the ability to crash and jump and, you know, have that kind of, you know, needs met, but in an environment where it's okay. So I was really happy that the first place that I built the sensory gym was in the formal dining room because then I could see him playing. I could see him being appropriate with the equipment and making sure that, you know, when his brothers and sisters all played together, that they were playing together nicely. You know, if they were having sibling rivalry, it was like the perfect way to, you know, help Mikey with his social skills is to correct the sibling rivalry when you hear it and, you know, and guide them on how to share and how to take turns and, you know, how to play nicely, you know, in this area. And so I was really glad that, you know, there was a ball pit in our formal dining room. It didn't bother me that much that when you walked into our house, the first, first thing that you saw was a whole bunch of toys because I'm like, you know what, this is the stage of life that we're in right now. There's going to be a time and a place where we have older kids and all of our stuff will be upstairs. But for right now, it's down here. It gets cluttered. It gets messy. But, you know, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, it's still like that today, which it takes a little bit for me to kind of get, you know, get past, but I agree that it benefits, it benefits them. But you talk about Mikey, you know, taking things to the extreme. I remember him climbing up on the, we have a photo of it, climbing up onto, what do you call it? The little baby rocker that we had for joy and a little swing, yes, right? So he'd yes, climb up onto the swing. Joy's and, in this little swing going like this. And he's trying to climb to sit on top of the swing, like the little yeah, arm yeah. that it swings from. Yep. Like, so he's, he's up down. on there where we're thinking he's going to climb on top of the media center. We've seen him parkour our back, you know, mm -hmm. fence, which was, you know, seven feet tall, maybe six and a half feet tall. And he's mm -hmm. parkouring this thing. It was pretty At crazy. Three and so. a half. Yep. He climbed a seven foot fence in our backyard. Cause I yeah. thought, you know, he can play in the backyard moderately unsupervised because we have a fence and we have a locked <laughs> gate. No, no, no. no. Mm -mm. You know, it's funny though. Right now we have like a, I don't know, maybe four and a half foot picket fence around the house here in Virginia. And it's like, those, those look a little bit more painful than trying to climb up the, the standard like privacy fence that we used to have. So yeah, he, he does still sort of take it to the max, but you're right. Giving him some place to exert his energy is like, okay, dude, if you're ready to climb, get in the front room. Cause now we have like a, you know, we have a couple of things to help him out. Yeah. And so Basically, like with the sensory room, I just wanted to share with you guys, you know, like where did we start? One of the things that we bought was a crash pad because Mikey liked the input of 
like when you're jumping, like his favorite part is probably the adrenaline rush of jumping off something. And then also just the pounding, like yeah, the, clarify, the landing. Clarify, because it's not just it's not just jumping up and down like a trampoline. It's jumping, climbing up on something and jumping down off of it. Right? Yeah, like so. he would jump down off of high things and he got a rush out of it. Like he got <laughs> some input <laughs> that he needed, you know, in his muscles and in his joints. Like he thought it was awesome. Like, you know, those kids that like probably freak out elementary school teachers because they're swinging really high on the swings and then they like jump off. That's my son. Like he likes to just fly off of swings and compare, compare that to grace. I remember in, in round rock, Mikey was swinging along at this nice park in round rock and he jumps off and I'm losing it. Right. My heart is dropping and he lands it. He's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Grace does it releases about, I don't know, three fourths of the distance is him. Cause you know, she's two years older. She can handle at least half of it. Right. And she eats it completely like face plants. <laughs> Uh-huh. Poor girl. Yeah. Face plants right onto the, you know, the wood, the chips. wood chips. And I mean, it's, it's incredible. We've nicknamed him X games because he just has no fear and yeah. he lands the stuff. Like he goes for it and he lands it. And when he doesn't land it, he has a really, really high pain tolerance and, or pain threshold, whatever it's called. And he, I think I've probably only seen him cry once or twice because of being hurt in his whole life. Right. <sighs> One of them was, you know, he when he fell off of a, you know, a gymnastics bar, and he fell the wrong way and he hit his back and he's like, oh, that hurt, you know, and and he was sad, but like I said, the most most of the times, you know, he he lands it, which thank God is, you know, a good thing. So we bought him this crash pad, and this crash pad looks like a basically like an oversized bean bag, and Mike got it as, at a pretty good deal. We're gonna in the show notes, we're going to provide links for like where we bought all of this equipment so that if it's something that interests you, you don't have to go and research on your research and on you, your own. You can just look at the show notes and we'll, pro- we'll provide some links for you. But what he would be able to do is he'd be able to jump on it instead of getting in trouble for jumping on the sofa. You know, he can jump up and down on it, jump off of it, jump onto it. Mike and him would get into this routine of Mike would just like throw him in the air and let him land on it. And he just loved that. And then, of course, Mike would have to do it for all the siblings. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't just a Mikey room. It was an everybody room. But for us, you know, it, the equipment had a purpose, you know, for Mikey. And he really liked that. One of the other things that we got was a ball pit. And whenever the kids would go to an indoor play place that had a ball pit, they would all spend a lot of time in there. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's cool. I remember when I was little and I liked ball pits. And I didn't really think anything else of it at that point. And then one day I got in it myself and I was like, oh, wow. I felt like every ball that was touching me felt like a massage and it provided a lot of, I say this word input, but I mean, that's what, you know, that's what it is for him. It's sensory input. And, you know, it was just the more balls that were like on top of you. So like the deeper the ball pit was, it even felt heavy on me and it felt calming And so I think that, you know, that's why he really, you know, liked being in the ball pit. So I went online and I researched, you know, ball pits that were deep enough to put enough balls in that Mikey could sit in it and be somewhat buried and also have a friend or a sibling in there with him. And that has gotten so much use in our playroom or sensory room. So they really liked it. Now, I did make a mistake when I first filled it up with balls. I bought these balls that were two and a half centimeter, I mean, inches. And they were soft. And so I was like, oh, okay, you know, these will probably be fine. And they kind of add up in price. Well, one of Mikey's sensory things is that he likes to put things in his mouth. And he liked the pressure of biting these balls. And he was able to 
to damage them by biting them. And he was also able to damage them by squeezing them. And so the first round of balls that we used to fill up the ball pit, I would not recommend. I ended up refilling the balls with the commercial grade balls. And those ones are the ones that are three inches. And I was like, you know, nervous, you know, because it says that they're hard, but they last a long time. But when we filled up the ball pit with them and I got in with them, I was like, oh no, these are perfect. They, Mikey wasn't able to, you know, to bite them and, you know, compress them. He wasn't able to, you know, like, you know, damage them with his hands or anything like that. So that's like a, you know, a word of caution and, you know, help see, help you guys save money if you decide to, you know, add a ball pit to your sensory gym. Let's see. Another thing that we really got a lot of use out of, and it's going to sound really funny because I never imagined myself doing this, but we actually bought an indoor trampoline for our dining room. Yeah. It was five feet by five foot square. It had a net around it. And I, I had to, you know, set a rule that the kids were not allowed to hang from the net on the top because they, they would like to jump up and like hang onto the net and then like just hang onto it. And that makes the net break. And so the trampoline did, you know, last and the, the net did last for quite a long time, but that's something that if your kids do, you know, that it does make the net, you know, like fall apart faster. But Mikey got a lot of use out of that. He loved it. He would work up a sweat. He would get energy out. That's good for all kinds of different, you know, health things. But, you know, it really worked well for Mikey because no matter what the weather was like outside in Texas, he was able to get his energy out inside. And even though it was five feet by five feet, we still had the rule that only one child was allowed in there at a time. And they were more economical than I thought they would be. So I just wanted to, you know, share that one with you guys. The next one I have here is the good old tent and tunnel. You know, kids love to build forts and hide in them. And Mikey definitely enjoyed crawling through the tunnel and hiding in his tent. And he didn't play pretend back then, but he would just sit in his tent and build Legos or just like chill out in there. His siblings would go in there and play with him. And he, I just remember him really liking that. Ikea has a really cool swivel chair with a cover on it that you can just like hide yourself in. And then, you know, your, you know, your friend or, you know, a sibling can like spin you in it, or you can put your foot on the floor and like spin yourself around in it on your own. And even though I mentioned that Mikey's not a big spinner, he still liked this chair a lot. And I think the part that he liked more about it was like the whole like covering aspect of it and just like playing with that part. But it did give him enough of a spin where, you know, he was like, oh, we, you know, this is fun. And, it, you know, it takes a lot of, you know, like, you know, energy, you know, play energy to, you know, to spin it and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's a, you know, a very heavy chair, but I just remember that, you know, being, you know, quite the hit with, you know, with him and his siblings and any, any friends that would come over. The next thing is something called an air light barrel roller. And this is like, if you've ever been to a gymnastics place and you see these, these barrels, the kids can like sit in the middle of it and, you know, they just kind of like crouch down and they can be rolled. And then, you know, like one pushing, you know, one person is pushing the other person and they're in there spinning, or you can just like sit in it and read, or you can like put it different ways and use it to make a fort, or you can take your stomach and you can roll on top of it. And that was one of the things that Mikey liked to do. He liked to roll on top of it and sit on it and bounce it and, And again, you know, that's like a compression thing. So he would, you know, put his body weight on this and and just feel himself, you know, compressing this, this barrel. And then, you know, it was a good thing for social skills because he had to take turns, you know, pushing, you know, his pushing his siblings, having them push him. And then 
I just remember when they would make forts, they would put blankets over half of it and they could, you know, crawl in and sit in there. And that was one of the, you know, the favorite places to sit when they, when they made a fort. This next one we didn't do, but it's very popular and Mikey would love it if we did, but it's a, you know, just putting a swing in your sensory room because Mikey is just so adventurous with swings outside. I didn't want to have a swing in our sensory room. And Mike and I were, you know, very, whatever. We liked, (laughs) Mike built a a play structure for the kids in the backyard that included a swing and monkey bars. And so I just knew that if they needed to get their swinging out, they can go in the backyard. And so that was another reason why we didn't incorporate it inside the house. But the biggest reason is because I was nervous about Mikey taking it to the next level (laughs) when I wasn't looking. (laughs) I did have, you know, an, an infant and, you know. Not always being able to watch him 100% of the time. So Mikey and the girls are really into gymnastics right now. And so for Christmas, we added a gymnastics bar to the sensory room. Mikey loves to hang. He loves to do flips on the gymnastics bar. We have a gymnastics quality mat underneath the bar. And it's also like, you know, it's, it's pretty safe. You know, we have, we're able to adjust the height of it so all the kids can use it. And also, you know, to keep it safe for him. We also, you know, keep that in the room that's the front room right now that's supposed to be the formal living room. So that way I can make sure that they're playing appropriately on it to help, you know, lessen the impact of, you know, them getting hurt. But, you know, since Mikey's, you know, six and a half now and he's been playing on it a while, I already kind of know like what to expect with it and stuff. So, you know, if your child is younger in age and the the playroom is not next to you, I just wouldn't recommend doing that one for right now because you know, they can hurt their muscles if they, if they were to fall off of it unsupervised. Like I wouldn't, you know, like Joy is four years old and, you know, I wouldn't have a basement gymnastics bar, you know, but it is right here in the house. So when they're taking turns playing with it, I can, I can supervise that and make sure that they're being safe and doing safe tricks. You know, like basically like gross motor activities are very important for Mikey. That was the main reason that I created the sensory gym. But I also wanted to have some calming, quiet aspect of the room too, because even though he doesn't like to take a nap and, you know, TV is not really that relaxing for him, it kind of gets him more wound up. I wanted him to have some relaxing things for him to do in the sensory room. And the kind of things that work for Mikey are having a Lego table or a Duplo table. And they actually, it's a table that has like a net in it to hold the excess Legos. And then we also have a little caddy for him to put all the Legos that, you know, he's built before and taken apart. And you know how Legos are. He's like a master builder now. He will just take whatever Legos are in his box and he will build all kinds of things for us and bring them to us. And I even have them in my, you know, kitchen window, like little things that he's made for me that I don't want him to take apart. And they're decorating my kitchen right now. And we both get a lot of excitement out of that. And he's actually decorating his classroom right now with his Lego creations when he earns free time at school for doing what's required of him. One of the things that he picks to do is build Legos. And he's keeping his Lego structures and putting them on the shelf in his classroom. And him and the teacher and the kids in his classroom are are getting a kick out of it. And it was really neat to see that when we went to back to school night. (laughs) So... Okay, so some of the other ones is Mikey really loves to make marble run towers. He'll take different, you know, marble tracks and, you know, he'll build these roller coaster looking tracks and then, you know, drop marbles down them and, you know, just watch them go through the pattern. And then he likes to get Joy involved, you know, and have her help him build. And, you know, he mainly likes to have him, 
have her watch him build and, mm-hmm. and drop the marbles down. But the good thing is about that is at least he's wanting her to, to be involved and, you know, p- pulling her in. So that's really good. Another thing is he really likes the feeling of kinetic sand, but that is, that's only like a supervised activity. So I'll let him play with it for a little while. And I have a craft table that I'll, I'll put up and I'll let him play with it. And, you know, his sisters play with it and stuff. But then when they're done, you know, we go over and we make sure it's all cleaned up and things like that. Because when I, in the past, when I've left that table unsupervised, I just, I don't like, you know, all the mess of sand and all the, you know, the accessories and all that kind of stuff starting to lay around. And then the sand is very, very easy to pick up. But if it's on the floor and we have animals, then the sand gets hairy. And I don't, I don't like that. So I always make sure that if we're going to, I'm going to let him play with kinetic sand that we factor into that, the cleanup time. So another thing that is a great way to produce calming in the sensory room is to have the weighted blanket. He'll put the weighted blanket on him while he's sitting on the crash pad, playing with his tablet or reading a book. That's one of the areas that he likes to read when he's doing his reading for school. And I think it really helps him to have the weighted blanket on him because it helps him be able to sit longer and read longer because he's six and a half years old, you know, I'll sit there with him and we'll read together. We look at the sight words. He's not that big on reading yet, or, you know, he's, his skills are not there yet. And so it, the crash pad is big enough for both of us to sit down and, and be comfortable together and read. And so it, it makes the, the reading experience, you know, easier for both of us because we have a comfy place to sit and he has his weighted blanket on. So it's awesome. And then the last thing I actually learned from his school, and that's he has a sensory sock. And it's kind of like a fun thing, but it's also calming for him because he gets all that input. But basically, it's just like this sock that he can put on and just like hide in and stretch. And so, so he think, probably has a joke. No, just <laughs> think about like the morph suit. I don't know if you have older kids, but just imagine having this big, basically like a, I don't know, an envelope of like Lycra or spandex and you get in it and there's an opening that you can of course get in, but it stretches way out. And you know, you've got just this constant sort of pressure on you from this big thing. So it's a sensory sack or a sensor. I don't know what you call it, but a sensory sock, a sensory sack. (laughs) (laughs) So they're actually pretty darn cool. I dig it. I think it's kind of neat, but I didn't realize he was that into it. Yeah. Yeah. He got in it back to school night and he wanted to show it to me. And then he inappropriately walked around the room in it. And I was like, buddy, you can't. Time out. Time out. How did he inappropriately walk? (laughs) Because like he's walking in this like blue, dark blue, like body sack. And I didn't want him to like trip over something. Like, I don't know what his visibility is like in there. Oh, you can see real well through him. Oh, I don't know. I just, I just didn't want him tripping over something and like falling right there in front of all the parents and because he's walking around in this blue, it looks like something you sit in and you just play with, not walk around in. And he looked well, like a little monster. It was funny. Yeah. So it's like he was making his face stick out. So you could see like the morphing <laughs> of his face. And I was just like, okay, we got to get you one of those. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> and he, he likes it. So it's nice when you can, you know, try out things before you buy them. And so it was nice that his school had one because I already knew he liked it. And that's kind of what we're doing for you guys today is we're trying to let you guys know what's working for us you know, to help you guys if, you know, you're looking for ways to help your child get their energy out with, with saving your, saving your living space. (laughs) Sure. Now there's one thing that, that I recall, and it actually sort of like overlaps with my desire to have the kids get a little bit more tough and not in a, not in a bad way, but just a little bit more tough when it comes to just trying to solve a problem. And when Mikey, it was kind of neat to see him go from early on where he would be in the swing at the OT and, grab 
a little stuffed animal and then try to put it in a basket. He would give up pretty easy early on. I mean, mm-hmm. he was just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then toward the end, he's like, he's a pro at it. So we played around, like I would swing him in our backyard and we would do that too. I would drop all the oh, toys yeah. under him and swing him and, and have him grab him and try to toss him into my lap. And if he missed them, then we'd try again and stuff like this, but he didn't give up as much. And to just, it gives them an opportunity to them as in all the kids, right? An opportunity to fail safely and then continue to improve as well. And I think that just having a challenge and having, you know, the ultimate success that comes from that just builds grit into our kids and a little bit more perseverance, right? They don't need to give up the first time. It doesn't work. Right. So that was kind of it. All right. Anything else you would like to add? No, no, that was it. I mean, okay. You know me. I always have a couple of things. That, I know. That's why okay, I asked. So, all right. All right. So yeah, I do. So it didn't make it on my list of, of notes, but there, one of my friends has this tent cover that fits on a twin bed and you can like zip it. And then you have like this tent that's over your twin bed. It like hooks into your mattress. Is and all it like that kind a cover? Stuff. Yeah. It's a, it's a whatever <laughs> pop-up tent, but right. for your bed, you know, yeah. for your twin bed. And then she said that her boys really like it, you know, and I could totally imagine Mikey liking that, like sitting under there with a flashlight and just, you know, having fun. And it's his own little area to, <laughs> to have calm. Like if there's you know, been a lot of noise in his day and he just wants to go somewhere and just be by himself and have calm, I could really see him, you know, benefiting from that. And I know a lot of, you know, the kids on our kids that are on the spectrum deal with a lot of sensory overload. And that would be, you know, their own space where like they can go in and zip up their tent and just sit on their bed and they're, you know, with their own personal belongings and just, you know, feel comfortable. So there was that. And then I see from time to time this equipment called Gorilla Gym. It's this equipment that is up in like a doorway that, you know, you just hang this bar in a doorway and then you can hang all these accessories from it, like, like rings and, you know, they can like swing on it. And it looks really cool. It was nothing that I ever thought about for Mikey again, because I was like, what kind of trouble could he get into with that? You know, <laughs> so A lot. <laughs> and I'm like, but I, I've seen some videos. Um, oh, Mikey just came in from Chuck E. Cheese. But anyway, um, <laughs> here he is. Hello. Why do I podcast? <laughs> That's right. We're doing the Finding Mikey podcast. Can I say it? Well, hold on one second. Actually, we're going to end it on this one here. But Mikey, let me put the headphones on you. They might be loud. Yeah, they might be a little bit loud. Is this this okay? Yeah. All right. Talk into it. All right. Look at that screen over there. If you want to look at it, you can look at it over there. Okay. Hey, friends, this is the Finding Mikey podcast. Our family is close to prepare our son, Mikey, for a wife. <laughs> and Mike comes from time to tell him how to join my wife, Heather, write a family neighbors, and other friends and conversations. Now, while I may mention our son, you have a mic in your own, and together we are on a journey to learn as much as we can so that we can best communicate and guide our kiddos and an independent adult. Thanks for tuning in. Nice job, dude. Mikey, that was amazing. Oh, <laughs> he has our Bye-bye, intro Bye-bye, everyone. I love you. And, and remember to find the Mikey podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. And we will see you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Mike again. I don't I love that you took the time to listen to this podcast and subscribe to the show. And we really are trying to gear the topics to what you like as well as to share what we're up to. Now, the best way to let us know what's on your mind is to join us on our Facebook page. 
We're very active there. And if you message us, we will reply. I promise. We may be half asleep in our bed. I may be boarding a flight. We might be at a birthday party or the park. It doesn't matter. We will reply. We just want to be in touch with you. Also, it'd be awesome if you could leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. The reason we ask for that is because it really helps us rank better when people search just out of the blue for autism, ADHD, Asperger's, high-functioning autism, SPD, ASD, you name it, right? It really helps us to get in front of more people. All the ways that you can reach us, because there are others, plus a walkthrough on how to actually rate the podcast can be found at findingmikey.com support. And your support is greatly appreciated. So as an added bonus, any reviews that are left on iTunes will be mentioned on our show. I hope you're okay with that. And any questions that we get on Facebook might also be read and responded to on an upcoming episode. So head on over to www.findingmikey.com forward slash support to find out more. Till our next episode, take care. Thank you.